Howdy, hey guys, ghouls and other fools. Oh no, starting off on a, on a good note. Welcome to Shadow Running on MT, where we fill your noggins with some sweet, sweet lore. I am the returning Tyler, the tubular. Yes, yes, quite. And with me in this journey, in this brotherhood of a lifetime, Austin, how's it going? It's going well, my friend. Going well so far. Not too shabby. Uh, yeah, it's been good. Nothing crazy or exciting or eventful has happened in the last week since me and yeah. Easy recorded an episode for sure. On that note, shame. Easy, how you doing, big guy? I'm good. Yeah, feeling great. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. I didn't miss anything while I was gone. Uh no. Yeah. No. Yeah. A conversation okay, about the Marianas Trench, if you're into that kind Ooh, of thing. But, yeah. And I am. If, if you like trenches. Boy, if, if you're into trenches. I? Yeah. Heard that I you're got, a bit I of a trench say, guy. I, I'm a bit of a trench guy. I, I grew up with not many fun facts about where I came from, except that I was from the North Mariana Islands, and I'd be like, this is the deepest one. And then that was the end of my interesting facts. Okay. Well, you'll be happy to know that I did give you a um, a yeehaw cost shout out in one of the episodes where you were not part of it because he, he I didn't make you feel seen. Yeehaw, partner. He, he did indeed. It was, uh, you know, didn't hit the same. Not going to lie. Howdy, hey, and uh, hell yeah. Look, I, I can I can only get my cost flag rise so high, yeah. brothers. Yeah, brother, and it's going to rise even further, brother. Oh, oh what happened? <laughs> I took a step backwards. <laughs> well, welcome back. And for today's episode, we're going to all come together. Right now. Oh. We're going to unleash oh. our inner abilities and our singular oneness. My my mutant powers? Uh, in a way, yeah, because uh, we're going to talk about the Universal Brotherhood. And if you are a fan of X-Men comics, <gasps> there's the Mutant Brotherhood, which is not even close to the Yay! same thing. But, you know. Oh. Yeah, I feel like the closest thing would be more like um, the Purifiers. Maybe <laughs> would, maybe maybe would be a more appropriate standard. The, the Morlocks, maybe? Uh... Maybe. I, <laughs> they're very undergroundy, right? We're talking about Shadowrun, right? Uh, yeah, we're talking about Shadowrun. Okay. I mean, yeah. No, no, but let's be fair. If if it was the Morlocks, I feel like that's more like the uh the orc underground. Mm. That's that's more Morlock centric. That's fair. That's fair. Universal Brotherhood, hashtag not a cult. Gonna go ahead and just get that <laughs> one out of the way there at the beginning of this episode. Um yeah, they've got more of a uh Malicious uh, designation. What? I feel like going on. You know what? We'll get into it. You know, we'll, were, we'll get into it. I thought that was it was like about unleashing your true potential or something like that. Oh. Yes, their their slogans are "Unleash your inner abilities." I join the Universal Brotherhood to Ooh. build a better tomorrow. Ooh, don't you want to build a better tomorrow, Austin? Are you anti tomorrow? Yep. Don't you want to? Wow. Don't you want to unleash your inner abilities, though? Yeah, 
what is today but yesterday's tomorrow, Tyler? What I, I to that I ask you, <laughs> sir. <laughs> uh oh, look over there, distraction. So uh hmm. what's this what's this brotherhood thing about, huh? Well they offer dental. Uh, uh they they okay. definitely give you full health coverage. <laughs> um so uh, here we go with their introduction. Founded in 2043, the Universal Brotherhood has quickly become a worldwide organization purportedly dedicated to the enlightenment and enablement of every human and metahuman on the planet. I am on board. So I'm glad you're on board because that's what they want. I mean, you know, it's like we were talking about like ghouls' rights and all this stuff. If the Universal Brotherhood is in fact universal, I cannot even fathom what kind of nefariousness could come from that. The Universal Brotherhood is by no means the first major organization to use pseudo-religious trappings to cover a more sinister purpose. Obviously, we have Scientology. Harry oh boy. Krishna. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> it's like be careful. <laughs> you know, things that people are kind of throwing together. Spaghetti uh, monster. Yeah, the flying spaghetti monster. But whatever the ulterior motives of these other organizations, they all pale in comparison to the hidden agenda of the Universal Brotherhood. So where do they come from? Where and how does it get started? The groundwork that would lead to the founding of the Universal Brotherhood begins in the late 2030s. Wait. A... Oh, sorry. No, you're good. You're good. Okay. Where a Dr. Caitlin O'Connell, who is a lecturer in sociology and statistics at UCLA. A teacher? A teacher. Heck yeah. After completing some preliminary research into the mathematical analysis of mob psychology, Dr. O'Connell drew startling conclusions that were immediately dismissed by most of her colleagues. She remained steadfast, however, in the belief that her mathematical studies proved beyond doubt that all humans and metahumans were linked by a bond she called the Universal Brotherhood. Lovely. This principle might well be equated to the theory of the collective unconsciousness, though O'Connell's formulation contain its own unique features. Besides binding together all the populations on Earth, O'Connell's quote, brotherhood, also represented a reservoir of unimaginable inner power that could be tapped by those who knew how. I hope this is all sounding very... Um, enlightening. Enlightening. I was going to say this may be some links to Scientology. <clears throat> Awaken your mind. Check your Thetan levels. 
Oh, you know what else uh, would be a great example for this here mm. is <laughs> the comparison to that block bless, uh, blockbuster greatness that was John Travolta in Battlefield Earth. <laughs> wow, what a comparison. <laughs> hey, you guys, can you complete these personality tests? Oh, you know, I'm going to mark that off on my bingo card that I've just made of thing of connections to Battlefield Earth. I was not expecting today. <laughs> I like to keep you on your toes. Truly. O'Connell's final report was completed in 2040. However, no reputable journal would publish her work because her conclusions were considered unacceptable. She's By who standards? Crazy. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I'm feeling like we're getting some really biased interpretations of this, <laughs> this instructor, this this guider of young malleable minds. Mm, mm-hmm. I'm crossing my arms in indignation, but I will hear out more of what you have to say. Very well. Because it's unpublished work. Little else is known of O'Connell's life between 2040 and the opening of the first Universal Brotherhood chapter in California Free State in 2043. So for three years, we have no idea what happened or what she was doing. O'Connell is married to a Paul Grigg. He himself is a shaman and fellow instructor at UCLA. Love conquers all. He was also deeply involved in the formative stages of the Universal Brotherhood philosophy. Shortly after the first Universal Brotherhood chapters opened, his mental health began to deteriorate. Sadly, in 2045, Briggs will commit suicide. Love doesn't conquer all does not conquer all no doesn't quite make it that's a bummer was it relate did they did they say it was related at all to the brotherhood Uh, uh he went mad and committed suicide went mad uh yes Yes. the whole the whole losing your mind that Mm. that old adage just just because like just losing your mind mm, uh you speculation since we know what the universal brotherhood you know is hiding speculation is that uh perhaps uh, he just touched too much of the unknown insect plane and went crazy i'm pretty sure that they're not hiding anything easy i don't you know the yeah. fact that you would even suggest that in the first place mm-hmm. i think says mm-hmm. a lot about you um yeah. wow exactly wow. Okay. I, There's just uh, so much bias going on here. And I you know, I. Heard... What's so shady about these guys is what I want. You, you know, oh, I I, I didn't I didn't want to have to mark you as an undesirable easy, but you know, <laughs> I only get three of them a year, and um. <laughs> Gotta make the quota. Ugh, cast out already. <laughs> well, that's okay. I'm if, just. I'm I'll join the your... Universal Brotherhood where I'm welcome. Hell yeah, brother! I, I all I'm hearing is your anti-love, anti-teacher agenda. 
Oh, no, 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 no. From the Universal Brotherhood is what I'm talking about. I don't know how you could mistake that for any other organization mm, that mm, may mm. or may not actually, in fact, exist within reality. But of course, of course, I'm I'm saying you are a undesirable to the Brotherhood. That's, oh, that's what I'm. Yes, yeah, sorry. I see. Mm. Sorry. Well, Should darn. Have specified I, a little bit I more. guess I can't wear the hoods and join. Tyler, you're in. You get to wear the tracksuit. <laughs> Finally. On February 1st of 2043, the first four Universal Brotherhood chapter houses opened their doors. Two houses were in San Francisco, one in Gilroy, and one in Utah. All cities in California Free State. Each chapter had a membership of between 10 and 20 people, most of whom come from the lower end of the socioeconomic spectrum. They were mostly street people or squatters for whom any change in situation would be in an improvement. It also, it seems reasonable to assume that the officers quote of these first chapters were involved in the pre-opening development of the universal brotherhood organization the consuls or presidents of the first four chapters were catherine westgale thomas dorkin wayne kukyar and robert cook since then the Universal Brotherhood's growth has been nothing short of phenomenal. As of March 2050, the Universal Brotherhood has 300 chapters scattered across North America, with another 100 established internationally, growing from four to 400 chapters in seven years, represents an annual growth rate of almost 95%. I mean that's that's pretty impressive. Also, I, does Shadowrun have a habit of naming minor characters as part of like a subsect? Because I was like, why are these names so specific for these chapter leaders? You know, well, they're the first four. The they're the first four. They're the first four councils. The leaders of their original four chapter houses. That makes them unique. That's true. I'm just like, I don't, I don't know. I was like wondering if this was based on any historical event or if this person who who was writing for Shadowrun was just really like schools take advantage of the downtrodden and <laughs> let make it join their cults or something. I mean, that's not unique to cults though. They, they generally prey upon the downtrodden and the street, the people that are out on the street, you know? Right, right. It's usually the most attractive opportunity, especially if you're offered some kind of camaraderie or central structure, uh, a, a togetherness, a brotherhood, if you will. Ah, and I will. I won't. <laughs> and on the list to go uh, the Universal Brotherhood refuses to disclose any information about its members 
privacy is important. It is possible to make some general estimates. On average, every North American chapter has slightly over 100 members. With 300 chapters, that means about 3,000 members nationwide. The best available estimates give each of the 100 international chapters an average of 50 members per house. In total, the Universal Brotherhood could have at least 35,000 members as of March 2050. And if their current growth rate continues, that number would double within one year. Allegedly. Allegedly. So how long at the at the time of this, like where where are we like how long have they been around at this point now? Uh by twenty fifty they've been around it was established in twenty years. Twenty forty three? No. Oh, seven seven years. years. Oh my god, that's even I thought it was twenty thirty for some reason. Uh twenty thirty is when the doctor gets the initial idea and does oh, the, I see. the mathematical theory behind it. Mm. And the first chapter doesn't actually officially open until 2043. And by 2050, they have an estimated 35,000 members worldwide. Allegedly. Allegedly. And does it say how they're acquiring so many people in such a short amount of time? Uh, just from their advertising and reaching out to those that are less fortunate. There's like a you're living in a brotherhood dy- youth pastor. <laughs> kind of. I mean, Guitar. you're living in a horrible dystopian world. <laughs> Why wouldn't you look for some kind hey, of positive Chummers, outlet? You got me- something that comes along that tells you that you could be great and find this inner power that you're 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 hiding, and all you need is to just come and be around like-minded people and they'll help you bring that power forward. I'm just imagining like a kumbaya circle with a universal brotherhood youth pastor, long hair. He's got a guitar um, and he's singing about <laughs> unlocking your <laughs> hidden potential. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, a, it, it's like a, <clears throat> it's like a self-help guru before those were a thing. Well, Rapid. the demographics of the universal brotherhood membership changed drastically at the beginning most of the members are street people and squatters but as the profile of the organization begins to rise in popularity the brotherhood then aims their recruitment at more affluent citizens this is where you start to go for your simsense stars and trid actors and get them on board because that's going to help drive enrollment I got to say it, this is just reminding me of the musical Book of Mormon. And I'm just, <laughs> I keep thinking of musical numbers about the, the elder, like, like, hello, but it's about the Universal Brotherhood and marching door to door. Like, I, I, I was, that's why I was trying to figure out how they're, are they like going door to door and being like, hey, join the Universal Brotherhood, but you're saying they, they mainly got attention through ads. Well, that's how they'll grab the attention initially mm-hmm. for the the street squatters. And then when you get them, then you start sending them out to go and collect more of their friends, telling oh. everybody how great it is. You know, like, uh, for instance, most of the members are drawn from two highly unlikely segments of society. One group could be referred to as their street muscle. 
these are the pseudo samurai and gang members who know life from the darker side of the street. Then they have an equally large and considerably more influential segment that is composed of corporate employees at middle and upper management levels. The fierce attraction that these salary men display toward the Universal Brotherhood is perhaps a reflection on the superficiality and emotional emptiness that the higher level corporate culture tends to breed. Hmm, definitely not based in anything in modern day history. Couldn't be. Mm. Not at all. Very distant, very dystopian. Wow. Uh, a f- an official spokesperson from the Universal Brotherhood states that these uh, upper upper management and middle management level types comprise maybe 20% of the Universal Brotherhood's ranks. About 70% of the membership is male and over 95% is human. The average age of members falls from uh, 40.8 in 2043. So you're getting mostly the older crowd at the start to 20 and a half years in 2050. So you're getting more of the younger crowd. They probably shared a bunch of relatable memes and talked about pushing the, the Sigma grind set, except through the <laughs> Universal Brotherhood. Come join us and help us build our NFTs. We've got crypto, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of like, you want to own your own business? You know, you want to be your own boss? Popular descriptions of the Universal Brotherhood often mention that it is supportive of members who wish to pursue magical studies. The fact is that mages and shamans are actively discouraged from joining. What? That's not this very universal. Not, yeah, this is not to say that no shamans are Universal Brotherhood members. On the contrary, it seems likely that many of the movers and shakers of the organization possess shamanic powers, albeit from a unusual source. And the husband who was the co-founder, he was a shaman, right? Yes. Did they ever say the um, professor lady, was she a shaman? No. Oh, she's she supposedly has no hmm. magical aptitude. She just uses math to figure yeah. out some of these things. The ultimate dark magic. It's the true dark magic. Yes. What is the philosophy of the Universal Brotherhood? The central belief put forth by the Universal Brotherhood is that all humans and metahumans are truly bonded together in a way that transcends culture, race, and geography. The bond that is at the core of every being is portrayed as a source of strength and emotional stability for anyone willing to reach within themselves to utilize it. The stated goal of every Universal Brotherhood member is to become an, quote, agent 
one who has total control of their actions and whose motivation is the betterment of all. An agent takes full and complete responsibility for their present condition and future potential. Theoretically, it is only an agent who can live life to the fullest. Hell yeah. Here is uh, another, because of this philosophy and the way that it's presented here and becoming an agent is another attractive piece of information to try and drive recruitment to the Universal Brotherhood. Mm -hmm. Because who doesn't want to take control of their own life? Exactly. And, and com command your own destiny. Uh-huh. Manifest, bro. Mm-hmm. Oh, did they ever say in that breakdown of like at like um demographics, did they ever mention how many of the people were single or married? No. It doesn't break down. It doesn't I don't think it breaks down into those specific statistics. It just gives the the average starting age around the time and the percent that were male and female and that it is 95% human, which is weird when you think about it because they're espousing bonded togetherness for humans and metahumans. But you're 95% human. <laughs> How is that helping? I am... I'm trying to draw the real world like comparison here. And I keep waffling between different pro political alignments and how they see the opposite side of it. Like, I, I don't know if, if any, of uh, you could, you could fit a lot of things into, into yeah. this, honestly. Okay. Like but if you I wanted to take it that political route, uh, you, you could, you could fit either side. Yeah. With the, uh, the way that they, you know, espouse taking control of your destiny and laying the foundation and driving forward, yada, yada. Yeah, and I was saying the Sigma grind set as a joke, and I'm like, mm -hmm. wait, I feel like I've seen so many things like these, like self-help kind of like take control of your life. Mm -hmm. Weird. The self-help gurus and, and their books and everything. Yeah, well, and it's mm -hmm. like, I, I it's when was this written if you have any idea uh hang on let me check uh copyright 1990 hmm <laughs> there were some uh some some cults around that time oh boy howdy were there but it's it's just it's so weird That's because i for... feel like go ahead i was just gonna say like if this was written today and this was like to reach like a wide audience, there would be a lot of news articles about how this is making fun of, or, you know, like, like how um, it, it makes fun of certain social groups, I guess. And, and mm -hmm. people would be in an uproar about it. If this was written today. Well, this one is trying to bring all social groups together. That's the mantra. No, that's fair. But like, I guess okay so <laughs> I part of me is like is this making fun of if this was modern day right this was written modern day the okay. idea of people who see oh boy <laughs> who who try to see 
equality among all like ethnic groups while some people are like it's one of those like i don't see color you know oh i gotcha i I don't know it's getting those those vibes but that's that's me like reaching into it i don't see meta humanity yeah dude we're just humans bro (laughs) we're just humanity bro we're all just meat sacks okay yeah bro we're all lambs to the cosmic slaughter. You know what I'm saying, bro? Oh, man. Now, now we're getting into some some Manson talk. <laughs> uh, you don't say. No, no relation, obviously. None. None whatsoever. Not no, any, no. 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 Okay. Uh, so on the surface, the Universal Brotherhood appears to be a loose confederation of autonomous chapters. Each chapter is led by a consul and his proconsul. So it's like a president and a vice president. They are solely responsible for the day-to-day operation of their chapter. That's it. The international network is run by an elected council composed of a president, vice president, secretary, and treasurer. Hashtag not a cult. Yeah, it's democratic. Yeah, they've got a council. Yeah, checks and balances and whatnot. Officially, the council is elected every two years by the membership at large. Though the votes of the outgoing council members wield a predominant influence over the outcome. It is the responsibility of the council to oversee and coordinate any matters that require the cooperation of several chapters. More specifically, the council directly controls all nationwide membership drives, public relations, advertising, and establishment of new chapters. The council president was supposedly in regular contact with the reclusive Dr. O'Connell for frequent heart-to-heart talks on various matters concerning the organization. No longer a professor, forever a teacher. Mm. There is no central headquarters for the council. The Universal Brotherhood claims that it is disruptive to, quote, tear the president-elect away from their own chapter. It is much more efficient the organization believes to keep the president elect in place and to turn their chapter into the headquarters during the that president's particular term of office for the council the universal brotherhood is set up under the provisions for nonprofit organizations in the ucos and most other countries in addition the brotherhood enjoys the tax free status awarded to churches and religious institutions must be nice this later this latter provision is even more all-encompassing than nonprofit status the universal brotherhood pays not a single new yen of tax official official returns last year so in 2049, showed the Universal Brotherhood's total cash flow within the UCOS to be just under 1 million new yen. 
This starts to be very telling as the Universal Brotherhood's central Seattle chapter house is a 10-story, 46,500 square meter building that experts agree must have cost in the ballpark of 7 million new yen. Yet it was paid for entirely by internal funds. No bank financing was sought or accepted, but the money has to come from somewhere. From beautiful contributors who want to support the positive message of the brotherhood. It's funny that you should say that as the Universal Brotherhood is quite proud of its charitable works. Hell yeah. Most chapter houses include either a hostel, a soup kitchen, or a free clinic as part of their day-to-day operations. In addition, several chapters have set up youth organizations along the lines Uh of the defunct boys club of america do you guys remember that one? Oh boy woo you know what actually on that note real quick i don't know if you guys have this as well but uh we were driving around the other day and um did you guys know that they renamed the ymca oh they did i did yeah, not know yeah, that. that's right it's it's just it's just called the y now ah mm. Yeah, we, we drove by our local one here and we drove by it and I was like, the why? <laughs> and my wife's <laughs> like, that's what everybody calls it anyway. And I was like, I mean, you're not wrong. I just didn't know that that uh, I didn't uh, know that that had happened. Any context for that? Um, I mean, I would have to imagine that it's because of them uh, wanting to. I mean, I think it is still technically called the YMCA, but sure. like their branding is all pivoted to being called the Y. But also, uh, YMCA stands for Young Men's Christian Association. So I've also always just wondered if they've maybe wanted to pivot away from uh, not yes. necessarily being, you so know, like now, a religiously linked organization. They're just the young. <laughs> they are just yes, the young. They're just the young. Come visit the young. You know, that's, <laughs> I, maybe Brandy. It doesn't sound to, so great. Honestly. Maybe we need to take a second swing at that one. I'm just. Uh, Come visit the young. <laughs> the spend, young are located here. Spend your oh. night with the young. Mm, <laughs> still not good. Mm-hmm. Still not good. Mm-hmm. Are you are you lonely and tired? Spend <laughs> your night at the young. No, again, no, no, no. 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 Those are not good slogans. Need a no. place to hang your boots? Why not the young? No, still. No, I guess, still. No. All right, uh-uh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Going to... through a failing marriage, turn to the young. Turn mm. to the. <laughs> Going through mm. a failing marriage wasn't caused by the young, was it? <laughs> you know what didn't cause the recession? The young. The young. <laughs> I think this could work actually. Hang on, yeah, context is all that's important. You know, you know what your local politicians really enjoy? The, the young. young. Oh. <laughs> oh. oh man. Ooh. That, wow. Ooh. Wow. 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 I'm so glad you waited to let loose that payload. I, oh. It was it was the perfect opportunity. <laughs> you had a good I shot run. my shot. <laughs> yeah, that was holy. Holy. Oh. Holy. What is the only thing that Christians like oh, more no. than an association? Uh-oh. The young. Oh, <laughs> woo, woo. 
Oh, sorry. Was that? I'm sorry. Is that? Did I? Did we? Is that too far? Do I need to? You know, no, I don't. You know, I feel like that's a known quantity for this podcast. We should have. Yeah, yeah. They, you I, know, they I feel know. like uh, definitely a certain church in Boston would probably agree with you. <laughs> Indictments. Oh man, we are we are just we're on several lists right now. And, hey, you know, no one is company. safe. That's, okay. that's Listen, what we hey, agreed on. No look, one is safe. Look here, here. I'll I'll steer us back in the right direction. Uh, yeah. I was as, as I was uh having again another conversation with my wife. We were driving somewhere. I don't remember what the context of what we were talking about, but um she was telling me something, and she was trying to remember the term altar boy. And, oh, no. and and she was like what is it that you call like the what are what are the names of like the 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 people like the young people that like volunteer at the church and i just replied with victims oh my god oh, Ooh. oh. Ooh. also oh. as as a note to future easy you can feel free to cut all of that out if you want to the spice is spicy. in the spice is this, in this is i thought wow. it was pretty good came back to the spice <laughs> of a lifetime friends wow that is that is uh, some spice ah and this is some like butt chugger level content right here like, i am gonna wow. need me a creamsicle after this Word? to uh calm my spoken like spice. a true priest Mm. Uh, I, that was the setup right there for you, you. i just i dude i couldn't how could i not <laughs> oh man low-hanging you, fruit you Let's know something it. that could help take the edge off better than that creamsicle the young <laughs> <laughs> holy oh okay uh, all right let's get back on track here woo. we're back we're alive we're back and alive gentlemen let's go I... Uh, I wait to listen back at that like just degradation of sanity and uh-huh, uh-huh. humility and subtlety. Yes, <laughs> love it. Love as it. We love just it. slowly slip backwards. <laughs> anyway, ah, uh, where were we? How about some membership and initiation into Whee! the Universal Brotherhood? Uh, I assume it's a blood in, blood out procedure. Well, we're going to find out. Okay, cool. The path to membership in the Universal Brotherhood is carefully laid out. Prospective members attend a discovery meeting, a psychological sales job that plays on the candidate's desire or need to belong to society. What? Yeah, basically, whenever you go, you're being fed a bunch of psychological babble to get you to feel like you want to belong do you do you feel other do you feel like you don't belong do you feel underappreciated exactly Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah, that (laughs) overlooked underpaid Mm. i'm just looking at the lyrics for the dark brotherhood theme or not dark brotherhood uh dark order theme the dark order (laughs) join us join the universal (laughs) brotherhood the discovery meetings are more like corporate motivational meetings than boisterous pep rallies Uh uh-huh okay after attending a discovery meeting the candidate makes an appointment for a guidance meeting oh no at the guidance meeting a significant psychological pressure 
is applied to the candidate. The technique was developed and perfected by the Moonies in the 1960s and 70s. Like the actual, wait, like the actual Moonies? Yes, for the unification, uh, what, the unification church, right? Yeah, the, uh, the yes. Grand Unification Church, right? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I am unfamiliar. Oh, oh boy. Uh, well, so we'll take a small aside. Okay. Yes. So, uh, per Wikipedia, I got you here. The Family Federation of World Peace and Unification, widely known as the Unification Church, is a new religious movement derived from Christianity whose members are called Unificationists or Moonies. Oh. Uh, Sun Myung Moon started amassing followers after the Second World War ended and officially founded the Holy Spirit Association of the Unification of World Christianity, otherwise known as HSA-UWC in Seoul, South Korea, on May 1st, 1954. During his life, Moon and his wife were its leaders, honored by members of the Unification Church as the true parents. Moon's book, The Divine Principle, informs the beliefs of the Unification Church. Moon considered himself to be the second coming of Christ, claiming to complete the mission started by Jesus of beginning a new family and a larger and a larger human lineage free from sin. The Unification Church is well known for its mass weddings known as blessing ceremonies. It has been criticized for its teachings and for its social influence, with some critics calling it a, quote, Dangerous cult, hashtag not a cult. Its involvement in <laughs> politics includes anti-communism and support for Korean reunification. Its members have founded, owned, and supported related organizations in business, education, politics, and more. Yes, that, that is the Moonies. The Moonies. Wow. They, you know, they were, whoever's writing this is like, in case we weren't subtle enough about it. <laughs> oh, yes. Just going to draw, just name drop. We're in our guidance meeting, right? The technique was termed love bombing. That's what Ooh, it's called. This uh, is a yes. highly effective form of selective attention whose goal is to convince the subject that he or she is accepted, respected, and appreciated. That he or she belongs if you use the term love bombing when you're in when you're in the the vicinity of me that's a guaranteed way to make sure that i will not talk to you about anything (laughs) ever and (laughs) walk away in the opposite direction that's a term i don't like i don't know why i don't know why there's just something about that phrase that just really makes me uncomfortable it is a a term used commonly in like when discussing manipulative relationships Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah or you know she 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 and or he is a stage five clinger. A what? Stage five clinger. You've never heard. Oh, that? clinger. I thought you said stage five plinger, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I heard player, and I was like, I don't know how, what that has to do with manipulative relationships. But <laughs> I mean, stage five, they got to be grinding, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude, rise and grind, bro. Are you kidding me? Prime time, prime time. The hustle is real. Yes, yeah. exactly. Hustle yeah. in your sleep. Word? <laughs> never not hustling. And never not. Uh, if you're not sleep never hustling, not. you're dying. So yeah, that's, that's how it works. Think about that one. <laughs> so after your guidance meeting, the cost of membership to the Universal Brotherhood involves a one-time initiation fee. Okay, wait, wait. Do we want to guess? Austin, sure, you want to guess? Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Uh, I want to guess. Okay, because they they paid for like seven million dollars stuff. They don't have. Uh, I'm guessing it's like a thousand. I'm gonna guess um seventy five dollars, and you sign a contract here, Immortal Soul and Blood, over to the church. Oh dang it! That was my second guess. <laughs> Sorry, not a church. The Brotherhood. Sorry, mm, Brotherhood. Yeah, not a church. Not a church. Uh, so the fee is several hundred new yen. Uh, it, it doesn't give okay. a specific amount. I imagine, real talk, I imagine it's like they, they base it off of socioeconomic prowess of that particular person. It's really funny that you should say that because no of what's coming next. <laughs> For poorer members, this fee is predicated on the ability to pay. New members with no source of income are often hired by the Brotherhood as security guards or cleaning staff. The Universal Brotherhood pays competitive wages for these jobs, but takes 10% off the top until the initiation fee is paid back. Ah, debt. Mm-hmm. So do they get to know what that amount is? Or is it just, do they just keep telling them, nope, still haven't paid it, gotta keep, no, they would, just they would keep probably, working. They would probably give them the specific number uh, if it's several hundred Nguyen, I, I'm guessing your initiation fee, especially with the cost of everything, uh, I'm, a guess, I'm guessing your initiation fee is very, very close to a thousand Nguyen. Hmm. Okay. okay. That's, that's a weird shot to call, but that also well, makes I have sense. to think, you, you know, they say several hundred. If it was a thousand, they just say a thousand. Yeah, but it depends on the person's ability to pay. Well, they hire you out and then take 10% of your earnings, so... So you're just in debt from the go. Yeah. Yeah, your your ability to pay is based on your ability to work, and that's really mm-hmm. all they care about. These Brotherhood-employed members are the ones who wear ubiquitous green shirts that are identified with the Universal Brotherhood. Ah, my favorite, the green shirts. Are they referred to as green shirts? Yes, they're referred to as green shirts. Lovely. The concept of hiring new members to work for the Brotherhood ties in closely with the Brotherhood's philosophy of creating a sense of belonging for all its members. In addition to the membership fee, all members must make a, quote, voluntary donation to the Universal Brotherhood. Besides finances? The amount of this donation is left up to the conscience of each member. But it is supposed to reflect what the Universal Brotherhood is worth to the member. Okay, that's pretty damn clever right because they become your world at that point so it's like wow we're only worth 50 new yen to you Mm. Mm, guess you're gonna be a green shirt for a little bit longer wow uh for example they do give an example the ceo of sony universal joined the brotherhood and is reported to have single-handedly paid for a new crisis clinic at one of their locations to the tune of over a million new yen. So once the candidate has been initiated, 
the next major step is the transition to the inner circle. Yay! This is purported to be a step of enlightenment even greater than that involved when initially joining the Brotherhood. There is no telling how soon after initiation a Brethren will become eligible for this transition, or indeed if they will ever become eligible. Brethren are told that members who make the transition are transferred to other chapters in accordance with those members' ambitions and goals within the organization. In fact, the transition sometimes leads to members vanishing from hmm. the face of the earth. Hmm. The transition is portrayed as a highly desirable experience. When you get, however, like, we all know what the transition is. Y- yeah, I was gonna say it's it's like um, sending them upstate, like that whole thing. Y- yeah, they're they're gonna go live on the farm upstate. Oh uh, yeah, they ascended. <laughs> they ascended. Mm-hmm. You yeah, keep they... up that attitude, Tyler. I'll ascend you. Don't throw me with a good time. Is all I gotta say. They definitely aren't taken deeper into the what is essentially the hive and then forced to take mm-hmm. on an insect mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. spirit mm-hmm. you know i'm getting ahead of myself yeah absolutely <laughs> so how prevalent exactly does the universal brotherhood get Well, the CEO of Sony Universal is the only multinational CEO to openly admit his association with the Universal Brotherhood. The majority of the major corporations, with one notable exception, have brethren throughout their corporate structure. At first, there was some stigma attached to admitting membership in what was seen as a, quote, fringe cult. As the Universal Brotherhood slowly gained notoriety and credibility, however, that stigma began to disappear. Brethren within the corporate fold have the reputation of being more controlled and more competent than their non-brethren colleagues. A quote from one of the directors uh in one of the corporation that has these people that work for the this corporation, but also are members of the Universal Brotherhood, they're quoted as saying, two of my department managers are in the Universal Brotherhood. Their work is fine and actually goes even beyond what their jobs require. They're very achievement-oriented, both for themselves and their departments. They're leaders, not just managers or administrators. I wish all my staff would join the Brotherhood. So are there like high-ranking members of this organization who who know what's really going on and they just continue to be in those positions instead of being sacrifices, as it were? Or Everybody that has made it to the inner circle is no longer who they seem. Oh, because they're just a vessel at that point. Yeah. Mm. So it doesn't matter. 
Hmm. Yeah, a vessel for the reward that awaits us all at the highest tier of the Brotherhood. I don't. What do you uh, mean? Yeah, by that, yeah. Tyler? Thank you. Thank Jeez. you. I, I, I started to stray there for a moment. That sounded like me. you were making some no, no, questionable no, no. accusations. No, that can't. No, 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 no. So sounded remember, like somebody's on a one-way trip to being an unfavorable. No. Mm, you'll never get out of the green shirt <laughs> you, at this rate. You, you know. getting ready to join Easy down there in the no. fucking mire? No, 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 no. I would never. <laughs> So remember, we had off green shirt. There's another green shirt under it. No, <laughs> we had one uh, major corporation of note that has no members, and that's as technology. Why am I not surprised? As technology corporation is the one significant exception to the widespread appreciation of the Brotherhood. As technology has no Universal Brotherhood members in its employ and seems extremely hostile to the very existence of the Universal Brotherhood. Bug spirits are bad for blood magic, baby. Uh, Bad for blood magic, bad for business. Bad Mm -hmm. for blood business. Bad for blood business. Uh, The Universal Brotherhood has penetrated the UCOS federal government as extensively Mm. as it has the corporate structure of the multinationals. Ah, yes. Extensive penetration. Phrasing. Mm -hmm. Phrasing. My favorite corporate espionage. Brethren permeate the upper layers of the federal civil service. Some evidence even suggests that... The assistant deputy director of the FBI is a member of the organization. At the time, no Universal Brotherhood members were known to be among the elected government officials, though the extent of penetration into Mm -hmm. other areas of society make it likely that the Universal Brotherhood had also gained a foothold there. Uh, They also penetrate into service providers. This group includes independent corporations that perform essential services for cities and districts. Examples of such service providers are Lone Star Security Services and Shiawase Atomics in Seattle. It has been confirmed that the Universal Brotherhood have infiltrated Lone Star up to the rank of Precinct Captain with rumors that persist that it goes even higher than that. They want to keep the peace and unlock your true potential. Exactly. It can be stated categorically that the Universal Brotherhood has made no significant penetration mm. into the Shadowrunner community. Hmm. Hooray, Shadowrunners. They don't want you. Uh, all. <laughs> well, that just makes me sad. And now we come to the great reveal. What? what the reveal? truth behind the Universal Brotherhood. And it's as simple as it is startling. The driving force behind the organization is neither human nor metahuman. The leaders of the Universal Brotherhood are of a totally different nature. So, as any shaman can explain, a totem is the universal archetype for a certain animal. A bear, for example, or coyote, or hawk, or snake, etc., etc. As such, it possesses all the archetypal properties of that animal. 
but a totem is much more than a set of properties or characteristics based solely on human or metahuman perceptions of that animal. A totem is an actual source of power for a shaman. A shaman dedicates themselves to a totem whose attitudes and beliefs they share. In return, the totem bestows upon the individual the ability to practice shamanic magic. Okay. Less, obviously, the most well-known totems are the animal totems. Bear, dog, eagle, rat, raven, snake, wolf. Less well-known, but just as powerful, are the fly, ant, wasp, and termite totems. These insect totems also have their devotees, usually shamans, with a more dubious outlook and intent. So you're saying that they are spirits of a bug-like nature. Some, mm, some yes, yes. Maybe inclined to refer to them as. These are the ones who pursue power regardless of the consequences to themselves or to others. Insect totems are powerful patrons. Unfortunately for their shamans, however, the thought process and goals of the totem are completely alien. Prolonged exposure to these bizarre thought patterns has a profound effect on the shaman. At first, the shaman's approach to the world becomes somewhat convoluted and misguided. They begin to devise intricate plans and stratagems to achieve their ends. With this, however, comes a growing paranoia. Sooner or later, the shaman crosses the fine line into madness. Ooh. Tyler, I have a question for you. Yes. What was uh what was Michael Jackson's favorite school of magic? Mm. What? Shamanic. Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, to quote the shaman man of many names nevermore right that's the one <laughs> such shamans become quote empty shells through which how the cold winds of madness word <laughs> the shaman becomes progressively more a pawn in the intricate and inscrutable plans of the insect totem until they become a near mindless puppet dancing to the totem's tune so this again could be the reason that paul grigg commits suicide as he descends into madness because he had made a pact with an insect totem thinking that it could bring him greater power and understanding and well it drives you insane and it did and it did yeah so as the shaman slips further into the madness brought on by the insect totem, they eventually are coerced into summoning a queen. Uh-oh. This queen is a powerful spirit of the same insect type as the totem. To exist in the material world, this queen spirit needs a human host. Ooh. An ideal host is a human or metahuman female who is strong, healthy, 
and willing to act as a host. Oh, God. I just remember that picture you showed. Uh-huh. Though Not more likely, man. it will be an unknowing victim under the mental control of the shaman. That's upsetting. Well, Once an appropriate host is acquired, she is sealed in a translucent chrysalis or cocoon. This task is usually performed by the, quote, true form worker spirits, which we will get to. The spirit of the queen then possesses the mind and body of the host. The consequences of this possession are profound physiological and mental changes occurring within the host. The body becomes bloated and deformed, often with atrophied limbs, all within a matter of weeks. The first three or four weeks of this terrible terrible metamorphosis occur while the body is in the chrysalis. The remaining changes occur after the queen has emerged. Once the possession process has begun, the mind and, if one so believes, the soul of the host are lost forever. It is possible that the queen spirit could be magically banished from the host's body, but the host would remain little more than an empty shell beyond the reach of any resuscitation techniques. Once the queen has been summoned and has attained her full abilities, she becomes the center of a hive. Once the queen has arrived, the shaman who summoned her is expendable and thus is sometimes killed or sacrificed to the queen. But only sometimes. More often than not, the queen leaves the shaman to linger on in his madness. Mm, not as fun. So, yeah, could you, you're duped into uh, joining. You uh, are ready to ascend into the inner circle. And you are then mind-controlled by the shaman. And then you're cocooned. Uh, and then your mind and essence is basically yeeted out of your body <laughs> so that the queen spirit can take take it over well i mean you know what they say about the queen spirits what do they say we're living in a material world and she's an immaterial girl mm. so like what do you expect you know wow why wow. so right so <laughs> profound fantastic I, I didn't think of it that way thank you so much when it describes the body being bloated and the limbs becoming atrophied, you know one of the things that I I, I think of? Uh, um, is it you the... You tell me yours and I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I'm, going to, I'm going to reference the movie Slither. Hell yep, yeah, you yep, are, because that's are. exactly what yep. I was going to yep. I was going to say, are you talking about the woman in the... In the I don't uh, feel so In the barn? In, in the barn? <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. Ah, that is exactly yeah. right. Uh, you want to hand me that raccoon? <laughs> all there <laughs> oh, oh god that movie mm. it's almost like it's a it's a good movie or something if all of our right. minds went there at once it's uh, it, it, like... let's just say it left an impression okay it's oh, a man. good movie how dare you <laughs> <laughs> 
Doesn't, doesn't watch Peacemaker talking shit about Slither. Now, look right? at this James Gunn hater over here. He's not even going to watch DC, the new DCCU. Look at this guy. Look, look at this guy. guy. Look at this guy. What, what a mark. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> mm. What are you, some kind of Marvel stooge? <laughs> Wake wow. Up. Wake up, sheeple. Yeah. Uh, so, now on to insect spirits, as insect spirits have three forms. Oh, their joy. True form, their flesh form, and human form. I don't like that those last two are different. Ah, <laughs> uh, right. In true form, those feel like they should be the same thing. I don't oh, like rules. We're, we're going to go why they're different. Don't worry. In true form, insect spirits are astral creatures who have the ability to manifest in the physical world. In such cases, they frequently appear as human-sized or larger versions of the insect's natural form. For example, a two-meter-long ant. What's that in freedom units? Uh, two meters is equivalent to five, five point two feet. Not a fan. So I wasn't a fan of it at any meters, but mm-hmm. people size? Nope. Mm-mm. Don't yeah. think so. Yeah, a two meter long ant, five foot long ant. Come on, <sighs> nah. Damn. So that's their true form, but that's only what they appear as in the astral, and they can manifest, meaning they can they can be in the material world briefly, uh, and they would be like a, a ghostly image, but of a five foot long ant. Mm. <laughs> but then they can't really interact with anything in the material universe right well uh-huh. good thing we have flesh forms here's where we start back into the body horror oh i didn't think we left ah uh, we left we left for true forms but now ah, yes yes quite mm, welcome mm, back mm-hmm. welcome back flesh forms so like queens other insect spirits can possess both willing and unwilling hosts. With flesh form spirits, the same initial changes occur in translucent cocoons. Once possession is complete, however, the physical changes are different. Oh boy. The body of the host takes on an appearance as close to that of an insect as a mammal can assume. That wording is terrifying that should be these changes include but are not limited to oh dermal bone deposits skeletal and musculature rearrangement (laughs) alteration to the nervous system growth of fangs or dermal spines and massive modification of the gastrointestinal tract. That being at the ending is very upsetting. <laughs> you don't like your intestines being rearranged? No, I'm, I can't say I'm a fan. I'm, you know, I'll take I know. And as with queens, once possession is complete, the host loses their sanity forever. Love it here. Hate it here. <laughs> the mental, physical, and maybe even magical abilities 
shown by a flesh form depend on the type of spirit that possessed the host. Ant warriors, for example, have little measurable intelligence in areas unrelated to warfare. In that realm, however, they are peerless, having drawn upon hundreds of millions of years worth of evolved instincts. Termite workers, on the other hand, are little more than automatons, though they do display great strength. So each flesh form is different, dependent upon the type of insect spirit and the job that insect spirit is going to be performing. It serves a role, like the ants are the, the warriors. Right. Well, ants have the two caste system. You've got oh, right, right, right. The, the warrior and the, and the workers. Yeah. Interesting. And now we come to our human form. Yay. It is possible for willing hosts to partially or even completely prevent the physical and mental changes that accompany possession by insect spirits other than queens. Oh. Such resistance requires great willpower. Any physical and mental changes suffered are inversely proportional to the strength of the host's willpower. Thus, it is possible for a particularly strong-willed host to remain totally unaffected by the possession. Most people, however, have insufficient willpower and determination to resist all changes. These people will suffer some insectoid transformations, multifaceted eyes, altered skeletal structure, or limited growth of dermal spines. These are the people who can resist it? Uh, who are who have insufficient willpower to resist? Oh, oh, oh. Mm -hmm. However, in a world where cyber replacement and cosmetic technology is commonplace, few such minor changes would be noticeable immediately on the street. Huh, that's a good point. Everyone looks kind of different, different or wonky. Like, ah, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, sure, that guy has three eyes, or you know, like. Mm -hmm. dermal protrusions hmm. so the mental is also altered in an inverse relationship to the host's force of will a strong-willed host will retain his or her own personality and thought processes though these will be overlaid by a mental kinship with the totem spirit mental kinship yes this like does not friends. remove the host's free will, but it certainly aligns his or her goals and outlook to those of the totem. Okay, so like to draw a comparison, like 40k, these are like gene stealers. Yes, like working for the patriarch. Ah, uh, yes, we, you know, we're, we're all, okay, gotcha. Mm -hmm. We can yet be saved. Yes, the four-armed emperor is coming for us. Mm -hmm. The fortunate human form hosts also receive significant power from the totem though not strictly shamans they do acquire the ability to perform limited shamanic magic the extent of this magic varies depending on the individual host and the totem 
Possession is also an extremely traumatic experience. Even those hosts thought to have strong force of will can suffer complete mental breakdowns. For these unfortunates, the merge is bad, and they suffer the same complete mental and physical changes as unwilling hosts. They become flesh forms. Oh, so you shift? Yeah, if you uh if you're not if you're not mentally capable enough to be able to bear the burden, then you shift into a flesh form. Wow. You won't you won't remain a human form. You have to have an extreme force of will and personality to want to remain mostly what you are, uh, or else you become a flesh form. So human forms would therefore technically be much more rare among the Universal Brotherhood. Which members. is why there are any like like front facing members at all is because they are they were strong-willed enough to remain humanoid yes the ones that are on the council Mm -hmm. are probably human form makes sense and they're strong enough and therefore the council that's elected every two years would just be those that have proved to be strong enough of will to remain human form. But they're still influenced by the the needs of the hive. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So they want stronger hosts so that they can continue to have influence in mm-hmm. political matters. Oh, interesting. I mean, for whatever reasonings that they're doing it, the insects are wholly alien, you know? Right. Uh, before summoning a queen, an insect shaman usually summons other insect spirits to possess unwilling hosts. The resulting flesh forms uh, may be aided by true form spirits uh, work together to prepare a suitable dwelling area for the queen. This area is usually referred to as a hive. Once the queen has been summoned and has taken up residence, she becomes the undisputed ruler of the hive. Through her totem, she receives the power to summon other spirits. Thus, once a queen is in the physical world, the shaman who summoned her is no longer necessary. Queens are able to give birth to large numbers of flesh form insect spirits. I hate that sentence. The biology involved is rather confusing. You don't say. (laughs) It is most likely a combination of modified human reproduction and immediate possession of the embryo by a true form insect spirit. This is upsetting. (laughs) This is this is rough. This ability decreases the hive's need for human slash metahuman hosts. Let that one simmer for a little bit. I don't want to. <laughs> I. Oh. Uh, so <laughs> peeling back the facade. The terrible secret behind the benign and charitable facade of the Universal Brotherhood is actually a front for a number of insect totem hives. The central Seattle chapter house, known as the Octagon, is home to hives of the following totems ant fly termite and wasp there's at least one queen for 
each of these totems living in the octagon. Lovely. They are, they are attended to and guarded by flesh form and likely true form insect spirits. Appears that Dr. O'Connell's husband, Paul Grigg, was the shaman who first, quote, brought across an insect totem queen, thus forming the first hive. And Griggs' suicide in 2045 was in all likelihood a direct result of the madness brought on by the insect spirit. See, I was right. There you go. You sure showed that guy. I sure did. A majority of the Universal Brotherhood members are not possessed and are ignorant of the dark secret within their organization. It is also known that the highest positions within the organization are held by human form spirits. You said that is known? Uh, yeah, it's known that the... Okay, I, I, I was like assuming you meant like the members are like, ah, yes, our our president here is a bug spirit. Like just people mm-hmm. knew, but no, you're saying they're, they're ignorant to it. It's just that the... Okay, yeah, yeah. It's makes... just known that the, yeah. Gotcha. Obviously, they're the, they're the ones that are running the show and are forward-facing and controlling the direction of of everything, of course, they're going to be human form. Hmm. Thanks. I hate it. Right? It's fantastic. It's a good time. So, eventually, this all comes to a head in 2055, when incidents such as Project Hope in Seattle, which was a Universal Brotherhood-sponsored project that held a large ant hive and other numerous cities were revealed the secret of the Brotherhood to federal intelligence agencies. The UCOS government began to share this information with other governments and organizations quietly. The UCOS government brought its full weight of law against the organization, charging the leaders with seizing property, kidnapping, and other heinous crimes, while Ares having gotten wind of the insect hives behind the Universal Brotherhood, began staging covert attacks against specific hives throughout North America with their Firewatch teams. They continued to cover up the reality of the bugs until the catastrophic events of Chicago in 2055, which forced their hand. It's And that's when it became public knowledge. Mm, I can imagine the panic. Uh, yes. I mean, they tried to cover it up as much as they could, but they were fighting, a, they were basically fighting a losing battle in the containment zone in, in Chicago. That makes sense. And when you drop a tactical nuke on a UCOS city, there's going to be questions as to why. <laughs> huh. Gotta say, uh, not really sure what that was about. Not cool, government. <laughs> Just someone having no idea what's going on. Yeah, for the U- for the government to keep the populace in the dark and just try to charge these upper leaders with crimes of kidnapping and illegally seizing property and possible like you know drug rings or organ grinding rings or things like that, you know. Just the usual criminal crimes that you Word. would attribute to cults, but uh, all in all, the they were trying to hide the 
the true nature because it's so horrifying. Indeed. Indeed. So that is a deeper look at the Universal Brotherhood. Uh, they are disbanded, obviously. Um, oh, after twenty fifty five, the Universal Brotherhood uh, no longer exists. It leaves a very bad taste in everybody's mouth. Obviously, um, that's or, putting it so lightly. Or does it? I mean, yes, they they could have gone to different avenues and propped up under different names, but they're no longer as widespread and connected as they were in the 2050s. Way more underground. Yeah, any hive that you find now is going to be independent, not working together like they were uh, when connected with the Universal Brotherhood. Yeah, I imagine they don't have as many options to do that. <laughs> mm. They got to be way more like gorilla about it. Oh yeah, especially now that people are aware of what they are. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, it makes it that much harder for them to to crop to crop up. But think about it; it, it was founded in 2040, 2043, The first one opened, so. In 2043, we had the first queen. Uh-huh. And then 2055 is when it all gets shut down. Or when it all gets blown, blown sky high, basically. Yeah, yeah. So, 12 years? Just imagine. They had way more time. How, in 12 years, how many flesh forms mm. and human forms did they create? Where are, where are they all now? Because mm. you obviously didn't get them all if they're still running into bug spirits and hives around the world. Not great. <laughs> Not a fan of that one, gotta say. And then uh, in... Oh god, there's more. <laughs> well, there's speculation now. Oh, okay, great. After 2055 and the, the Firewatch teams and the, the debacle and everything there's rumors back and forth of whether Ares is experimenting with insect spirits or what like weaponizing them or possibly or for magical research yeah that wouldn't be cool not cool Ares no there, there's two separate camps there's one that backs Firewatch, and Firewatch is the elite special forces team that Ares created to fight the insect spirits, and they kind of... Firewatch continues and persists even to current day Shadowrun, like 2080s. They're still around. They're still doing what they're doing. <laughs> um, Stay vigilant. Yeah, yeah. But they're split on who they should technically be taking orders from because you either have Damian Knight or Arthur Vogel. And we talked about that yeah. in a previous podcast of where they were playing against each other. And Damian Knight is the original CEO and is trying to get back his corporation under his complete control. Was Arthur Vogel influenced by bug spirits? Could he have actually been a human form at this time back in the 20, 
late 2060s it's it hasn't been confirmed so you you've got aries kind of split on some locations that are aries subsidiaries are doing these experimentations and possibly trying to weaponize bug spirits and then you have the firewatch teams whose primary drive is to eradicate them playing with fire playing with fire watch uh... <laughs> the work is very serious you gotta remain uh... <laughs> you got a very serious problem uh yeah. i need the huge can of raid please <laughs> need the uh, chicago treatment Oof. probably a gradient <laughs> a gradient of like, like well yeah exactly like uh if X bug spirits use this much of a payload. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, the 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 Chicago incident, uh, the Chicago containment incident, is a dark stain uh, on the Aries. I don't know humanity, like. Well, but uh, Aries yeah, Aries in particular, but yes, pretty rough all all around. I don't think anyone made out of those like stellar you know no or not at maybe. all not at all lots of oh, terrible okay. repercussions uh, that come uh, out of the chicago oh, containment many lives were lost uh yeah fun stuff yeah when they were assaulting the universal brotherhood chapter house in chicago on august 23rd of, of 2055 the insect spirits escape into the city, causing mass panic. And so the Yukos government demolishes buildings around the downtown core, trapping over 100,000 civilians within the Chicago containment zone. With the official story being a terrible Vitus outbreak. Lovely. Yeah, but it's actually bug spirits. Oh, yeah can't be too careful no at least in the 2080s they're trying to rebuild the area so we'll take it yay for them i guess hey you know what this time we'll, we'll be prepared or something right i i hope i don't know but we'll that, get fooled that's, again. that's the look at the universal brotherhood their origins where they came from and where, <laughs> what they ended up being <laughs> their dark secret not great all starting from just a simple look at psychology and math <laughs> and so then you're you... telling me that math is a gateway drug to bug spirit <laughs> finally an agenda i can get behind i uh, that's abolish kinda... math you heard it here first folks good night that's kind of a stretch i know <laughs> about that one <sighs> parting thoughts any I... anything you'd like to add either of you i hate it uh, other than you hate it and the sheer body horror that is encompassing oh, oh, it right. <laughs> uh awesome. not a not a cult, not a, not a cult. <laughs> it's a lifestyle really well it's more of a, it's more of a community, you know. Really, it is. It's, it's a, a real, place to belong. Yeah, I was gonna say it gives you a real sense of belonging. Yeah. Yeah. You should <laughs> want to be a part of it. Yeah, exactly. 
people would kill to be in this position. Don't you want to better yourself? Mm-hmm. I was going to add another terrible pun, but no. Better not join the Universal Brotherhood, more like it. Uh... Uh... No, I was, I was going to go with the Slay Queen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm glad. You, you, you know. But I'm I better think... than that, so. Um... <laughs> Are we? Or not like uh, are, I are feel we? dirty after <laughs> stuff. I I need to shower again. Uh, I need to clean all of the. I need to clean all of the insect all the away. The not... talk of just being in a chrysalis pod and how like horror inducing that is. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I remember us talking about some of this, like how the change happens, and I think I blocked it out of my head. Mm-hmm. So as soon as you're like, yes, it distends the body. I was like, oh no, I forgot this for a reason. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. It, it's... <laughs> Tyler heard the word distends and immediately reawoke. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, brings back all of the memories that I was repressing. Uh huh. You know, trauma is just bad nostalgia. <laughs> wow. Spicy nostalgia. The spicy nostalgia. I uh, mm, that's a bad parallel too. Uh, I was thinking, you know, who would definitely profit from this? Uh-huh. The Asian markets. Uh oh. For those um, large walking pieces of protein. Oh my god. Oh. Is it cannibalism if they're uh, if they're changed? I I don't know. Where's that line? Huh. This is um Sisyph- what is it Sisyphus's bug spirit or something? <laughs> the bug spirit is constantly rolling up the hill and then back down the hill. Oh shit! I'm I'm not thinking. No, what's the what's the you're, Theseus? Is it Theseus? The, you're you're thinking what's of the, boat? the Argos. You're, yeah, yeah. The Argos comparison is the but Jason and the that? Argonauts. It's Jason and the Argonauts. It's, oh, okay. It's, it's that the, one. The boat of the Argos is Jason, the if it's if it's rebuilt, is it still the same? Is it Argos? Mm-hmm. You know what? <laughs> you know what, Greeks? You know, just just have your philosophy. What's the deal? Yeah, what's <laughs> what is it with your metaphors and your stories? Yeah. You think you're better than me because you can do math <laughs> use big words? Oh math. Mm-mm. We're the Greeks actually the first civilization oh, to bring about the no. <laughs> Oh, you know what? My bad. Hang on, I got you because I checked oh. it. It's oh. it's it's Theseus. It's the ship of Theseus. I ah. almost got there. Al- but you know also, what? Also known as Theseus's paradox. Aha. Uh-huh. Mm. Theseus's bug spirits is. is <laughs> the there you comparison. go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm probably gonna have to make that comparison again later because I'm gonna have to bleach my brain of this <laughs> lovely, lovely. <laughs> Well, don't worry. It is now going to be immortalized in podcast form, so you'll be able to relive it whenever you want. Thank you, all of our listeners. I'm sure that you're just as excited to relive these horrifying moments over and over and even contemplate the horrible questions that we have come up with. (laughs) Patrons, let us know. Is it cannibalism? Is it or I want to know. Just getting you know your... I don't want to know, but I do. Are you just getting your protein? 
Uh, protein shakes. Not no! even once from the Universal Brotherhood. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, boy. With that, I think uh, we should we should do some wrapping up here. Everybody, thank you for being on this journey with us where we have delved into this hashtag, not a cult, and giving you some uh, lovely background information on what they are and what they did. But if you would like to help us keep bringing you this delicious content, and by delicious, I mean actually edible food, (laughs) then you should head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash critical underscore hits. For just $5 a month, you can get all this access to all the bells and whistles, all of our artwork that's coming up, news, stories, ideas, concepts that we're working on that we pitch to our audience so that uh, we can hear what they want to see. You also get access to our worm talks, which are going to be patron only. And we do have our lineup uh, confirmed. We're just nailing down the dates and we will get those out to you. Be excited because I sure am. It's going to be more great fun, especially after who we've got lined up. Ooh. You all will be excited. I, I I know I am. If you're listening on audio on Spotify and other uh, those uh, podcasting mediums, then please give us a like. It goes a long way. And if you're listening slash watching, but probably mostly listening on the old YouTubes, please like and subscribe because that helps us reach out to other like-minded individuals that would like our content. And finally, you guys, we've got an affiliate link in the description. And you can use it for your next purchase from DriveThruRPG. If you've never been to DriveThruRPG, highly recommend that you go. You can find all kinds of great RPG source books, modules, adventures. If you're looking to want to branch out to something new, I'm sure you can find something there. And if you're going to buy it, go ahead and drop our affiliate link in there. That just helps us out as well as gets you your delicious goodness of RPG wonderment. Tyler, Austin, thank you for coming on this brotherhood journey. Mm-hmm. I feel like mm-hmm. we've learned so much. And as always, you guys, we will catch you on the next one. The Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sound, audio, video, and or any proprietary materials used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to Critical Hits to use such names, logos, artwork, photographs, sound, audio, video, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with Critical Hits in any official capacity whatsoever.